Okay, we'll go ahead and get started. Do we have any uh, alternates with us this evening? I thought I saw Lori there with us. Hi, Lori, good to have you. Okay. We have our consider approval of the last meeting minutes. Anyone wish to make a motion to accept? Move approval. Thank you, second. Second. Thank you. Any discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed, motion carries. Set next board meeting and location. Kent. Yeah, I've, uh, I've tentatively got September 22nd for our next meeting date. And I've put the location to be determined because I think we'll be uh, in person at that point in time. I believe by the end of the month, uh, our ability to do this will be uh, no longer in existence. So I, I, I need to find a place that's big enough for all of us and uh, I'll follow up and, and talk to you, Mr. Chairperson, about where, where that might be. Oh, very good. Thank you, sir. Yep, thank you. Is there any public discussion on any item not on the agenda? If not, transportation planning. Brad. Yeah, uh, thank you, Brad Newman, uh, Associate Transportation Planner. Um, again, this is our final TIP for the FY22 to 25. Uh, for your approval. Um, the annual TIP is our local programming document uh, for federal and state surface transportation and transit projects. Uh, at your last meeting, you might wonder, you, you may remember you approved the draft TIP projects, uh, just the list for both surface transportation and transit projects. Um, this included the transit apportionment, which you approved at your January meeting. Uh, you remember the MPO received over $2.9 million for FTA Section 5307 operating assistance funding. Um, and these funds were apportioned to the three transit agencies in our urbanized area. Uh, and we used the FY19 uh, formula, which was pre-COVID-19. So we had good numbers up until then. Since then, uh, the numbers are... Uh, just a little out of whack. So um, the TIP also included three new surface transportation block grant projects or STBG projects uh, that were also awarded by the board earlier this year. Um, the three STBG projects were programmed in FY25 uh, and include Iowa City's Taft Avenue reconstruction project and that received $3.5 million in STBG funds. Corville's Highway 6 and Deer Creek Road Project, which received $864,000. In uh, University Heights Sunset Street Pavement Repair Project, uh, they received $115,440 in STBG funds. Uh, North Liberty also received funding for their Renshaw Way Phase 6 Reconstruction Project, uh, and they received $2.9 million but due to the funding target constraints, 
we moved that program and uh, back to FY26 in, in the programming. And that'll be included in next year's TIP. So that'll be the 23 to FY23 to 26 TIP. Um, the one transportation alternatives program project uh, that you awarded uh, funding to was Iowa City's Highway 6, uh, Highway 6 Trail Project, and that's between Broadway and Fair Meadows. They received $520,000. Uh, and that will also be programmed in FY26 due to those same target constraints. Uh, it'll be included in next year's TIP. Uh, since you approved the draft TIP, uh, we made a couple changes uh, and, and those were requested by the Iowa DOT. Uh, we removed North Liberty's Renshaw Way Zeller to Hawkeye project, STBG project, in Iowa City's IWV Road STBG project. Uh, both those were programmed in FY21 and are now under contract for construction. So that means all projects under construction or under contract with DOT have been removed from this TIP. Um, all STBG and TAP projects uh, not completed in FY21 automatically roll over to FY22. And we, uh, we add 4% for inflation on the total project costs for those, just the projects that the board funded. Um, all Iowa DOT projects in the planning area are included in the TIP. Um, in the, and you remember the MPO board opted out of the federal aid swap um, at your March meeting which means all local projects will continue to be programmed and completed according to the federal guidelines as they have in the past. Um, in addition to the project list, there's, there's quite a bit of information in the TIP. Uh, and, and some of that includes project status reports, regionally significant projects are identified, uh, the MPO's public input process is in included, um, the project selection procedures that we use for STBG and TAP projects, uh, including the scoring criteria are included. Uh, there's a fiscal constraint review of the TIP projects, a financial analysis of the transit projects, and statements regarding performance-based planning measures um, for highway safety, pavement and bridge, uh, freight reliability, transit asset management, and transit safety. Um, the MPO did publish public hearing notice 30 days in advance of the meeting. All agencies on their public input list were contacted and uh, public notice posters were placed in all the fixed route buses in the metro, in the metropolitan area. Uh, we did, we have not received any comments uh, regarding the TIP. Um, so staff is requesting approval of the final FY22 to 25 TIP. Uh, once it's approved, uh, we will submit this to uh, the Iowa DOT, Federal Highway Administration, and the Federal Transit Administration by July, uh, by, by July uh, 15th. Are there any questions on the TIP document before we go into the public hearing? Anything for Brad?
If not, now is the time for a public hearing in regards to the fiscal year 22 through 25 MPLJC Transportation Improvement Program. As I understand from you, Brad, there were no written comments or submitted comments. Correct? No, we have not received any comments. Thank you. Anyone online or participating wish to make public comment? If not, call the public hearing to a close. We will now consider resolution adopting the fiscal year 22 through 25 transportation improvement program for the Iowa City urbanized area and authorizing the MPO chair to sign associated documents contained therein. Uh, those documents should be on about page 12 of the information that you had. So anyone wish to establish that resolution? So moved, Sullivan. Burner, second. Moved and seconded. Any final discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Is there anyone opposing? None opposed. Resolution is carried. Next, we consider resolution certifying compliance with federal requirements for conducting the urban transportation planning process in the Iowa City urbanized area. This should have been on or about page 13 of your material if you had any questions. If not, anyone wish to establish that resolution? I'll move that, it's Hoffman. Second. Is there a second? Second, Thomas. Thank you, moved and seconded. Any discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Is there anyone opposed? Aye. We have one nay. Who was that, please? I think that was Louise, but I think maybe Mr. Chairperson, that one just came in a little bit late. Louise, are you you are in favor of the resolution? Is that correct? Aye. Yeah. I would take that as a yes. I voted aye. I voted yes. Okay. Thanks, Louise. Thank you. Okay, so unanimously carried. Next item, Kent, yours. Yes, thank you. Uh, Kent Rawlson, Executive Director. Uh, good to see everyone and thanks for joining us. Uh, since your last meeting, uh, staff's been busy gathering public input, finalizing our travel demand model, as well as drafting uh, some plan chapters for the revision to our long range transportation plan. Uh, as you all know, we've been giving you updates uh, pretty much every meeting since about uh, the first of the year, and this meeting's no different. Uh, attached in your packet, you'll find the draft plan chapters for the bicycle and pedestrian networks, the passenger transportation, uh, freight network, and uh, aviation. And then you can see in your memo, uh, you're not receiving these chapters sequentially. We're basically just putting them together as time allows and as data becomes available. So you can see uh, we've got the framework there in your memo for the future forward 2050 plan, we're calling it. 
And we're basically sort of providing you with some of the last chapters, but they're all the different modal chapters that we've been working on. Uh, later this summer and fall, uh, you'll be getting some of the other uh, chapters, the background, regional context, guiding principles, uh, so on and so forth. But the good news is that you'll receive the entire document once again uh, about the first of the year uh, for our public uh, for our public process as well as uh, approval by this board. And then it has to be uh, finalized by May of next year. So we just want to get some of this information in your hands early because otherwise, uh, we'll be dropping about a 200-page document in your laps, uh, and we'd rather not give that to you all at once. So I don't need anything from you all today uh, unless you have any questions or comments about the material included. But again, just want to get it in your hands. Uh, we did have a public meeting on the passenger transportation, freight, and aviation chapters uh, on June 30th, so I guess just last week. And then back in May, uh, we had the same public meeting for the bicycle and pedestrian network uh, chapter. So we've been doing our best to get people interested and get people excited. And uh, I'm happy to answer any questions or take comments that you might have. But again, just keep in mind, you'll get the entire document uh, about the first of the year for your review. Just out of curiosity. Please, Laura, go ahead. Thanks. Did, did any members of the public participate in those meetings? We did. We had about a handful for the bike and ped uh, chapter and maybe about the same for uh, the passenger transportation, freight and aviation. Uh, I will say it's a little bit different this year in that we just got done with the update to the Metro bike plan uh, about last year. And then as you know, Laura, uh, the Iowa City Council adopted a bike master plan of their own a few years back. And then also um, Coralville Transit, Iowa City Transit and CAN bus have been working really heavily on the transit networks and changing things around. So I think folks are getting a little bit wore out on surveys and public meetings uh, with respect to these chapters and these modes of travel. So a little different this year. Uh, in past years, we've had you know, upwards, maybe even 100 or so individuals at some of these meetings. So um, much less this year. But I will say also when we advertised for these, uh, we sort of made it clear that especially for transit, we were not really asking for the public's input on on transit routes, for instance, um, because that's that was just accomplished and in fact hasn't even been implemented yet. So it seemed uh, a little bit silly to ask that question. It's really more of getting all that information under the same cover uh, with respect to this long range plan. So a little bit different process for us, but uh, we are getting a little bit of interest and we have had some surveys as well, which have gotten uh, much better, much better results. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Please don't put it, the final report in small print or it'll knock me out right now. <laughs> we'll do our best. All right. Next item, update on DOT district, nope, excuse me, Brad, update on Eastern Island electric vehicle readiness plan. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, the Eastern Iowa electric vehicle readiness plan uh, was initiated by the city of Iowa City and, and with funding from the, uh, the Iowa Economic Development Authority. Um, it included representatives from Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, Davenport, Dubuque, and Iowa City, of course, and then it also included the MPO, uh, MPOJC, 
participated in the plan development. Uh, the plan uh, includes strategies uh, for increasing local and regional investment in electric vehicle uh, and charging station or infrastructures, uh, education and outreach, policies for municipalities, and regional coordination. Uh, the plan has been completed and there's an executive summary attached in your packet. Uh, and you'll, you might notice somewhere in that executive summary that the, the plan does include um, involving the MPOs throughout Eastern Iowa in coordination efforts. So uh, MPOJC will continue to be involved in that process. Um, they also recommend that we include the EV readiness plan uh, in all the MPOs long range transportation plan. And of course, we're going through that development now, which will be uh, approved in the spring. So we will include information regarding the EV plan uh, in that document. Uh, also, Sarah Gardner, who is um, the Iowa, Iowa City's Climate Action Engagement Specialist, is available uh, to present uh, to your uh, council or board and provide more information on that plan. Um, and we just got the, uh, the link to the final plan and we'll include that on our website. So that should be available soon. If anyone's interested, you can go to our website and take a look at the entire plan. Um, are there any questions on the plan or it, it's, it's quite extensive. Have you, a lot of work Have you received any feedback from the utility companies on this? I know there's been discussions with those folks, but I, I'm not aware of uh, uh, that discussion, um, but they are involved. Okay. Uh, yes. And they involve quite a few people. They involve the, the dealerships for cars and uh, a whole bunch of people because they all have to be on board to get this done. So yeah. uh, DOT is uh, heavily involved as well, especially and, and, for the establishment of the infrastructure. Uh, they'll play a big role in that. Okay. Yeah, and just Brad mentioned it, but I just wanted to reiterate for uh, you all and your respective councils. Uh, Sarah Gardner did mention she's more than happy to come and speak to your councils about this. So if you want a complete overview of the plan or have questions, uh, Sarah's, well, she's very, very good at this and she'd be more than happy to come. Anything else from the group on this subject? Very good. Catherine, nice to see you. Give us Hi, an update everybody. on I-3880. Sure. Oh, that set off my dogs when I said hi. So uh, staff engineer Mark Harley and I are here to talk about the rebuild of 8380. Um, then we're going to move east and talk about First Avenue and I-80. And then uh, move over to Triple H Highway and I-80 and talk about that project as well. So I've got a PowerPoint I'll share here. Uh, Kathy, would you like to do that yourself? Otherwise, I uh, can't pass that presentation along if you'd like me to move slides. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Let's All right. That. One second. I'll get that open here. Yeah, and while they're pulling that up, I invited uh, Kathy and Mark to give this update. It's been a little while since we've heard from the DOT, at least as this group's concerned, and I thought it'd be nice uh, 
just as summer is getting going here to hear how they're doing and make sure we're on track. Yeah, so All this right. is... is that presentation yeah. up for everybody? Yes. I can see it. Okay, so let's go to the next one. So this showed the old clover leaf. Um, what we're actually replacing out there um, was built uh, in the 60s and really is an outdated design for the amount, especially of freight traffic we're seeing. It had become a safety issue for us with a lot of trucks tipping over. Um, that obviously causes delayed traffic as well as air quality implications when traffic is parked on the interstate. So it was just time to replace that one. So go ahead, please. The future interchange replaces the four loops with what we call directional ramps. Um, that will allow especially truck traffic to maintain their speeds so they won't have to slow down to 10, 20 miles an hour and then try to merge into faster moving interstate traffic. Instead, they'll be going about 45, 50, much more closely matched to what's happening on the interstate. In addition, I-80 is gonna be widened to six lanes uh, west of I-380 widened to eight lanes east of I-380. And I-380 and 218 will each have six lanes and all uh, areas will have 12 foot shoulders. Um, what that allows us to do is in the future is to run traffic on those shoulders should we need to. Also provides great uh, storage for snow removal operations. Next slide, please. The benefits we're seeing, as I mentioned, are to increase capacity and improve operations within this region reduce excessive congestion and improve safety, improve travel reliability, which is a great emphasis of the DOT going forward. Um, we're pretty much built out in the state of Iowa as far as the road system. What our next steps are is to always um, make us the safest road we can have and then make it the most reliable road we have so people can depend on it to get where they're going in the amount of time they have allotted. A secondary benefit is always supporting regional employment and economic growth. Um, I heard a shout out earlier to Tiffin. Certainly the area is just booming with growth and we wanna be able to support that with our network. Next slide. Some of our major accomplishments last year, um, we got our first directional ramp open. So that was I-80 eastbound to US, uh, I'm sorry, I-80 eastbound to US um, 18 southbound. Next slide. We have extensive amount of information about the project and the impacts on our website. So I'd encourage people to go there if you don't already. Um, we push out a lot of stuff on social media. This particular map, although it's tiny for us, if you go to the website and look and hover over any of those letters, it'll show you the particular impact there. Um, we try to color code everything so it makes it more intuitive for people. Next slide. This is what we call kind of our heat map for impacts. Here we are in 2021, a very red impact as far as traffic. Um, unfortunately, the next two years, 2022 and 2023, are also going to be red. We're going to have a lot of traffic impacts, a lot of switches to traffic. Um, we don't do things quickly, so there's not like every week changing, but it could be a year at a time you're going to be going in a different direction. We work very closely with the commuters and the people that use the interstate. 
Um, real specifically, we've been working with UIHC um, so that the hospitals are aware and can direct, um, especially ambulance traffic, how to get around our project. Um, in addition, we're reaching out to uh, university athletics, making sure that um, especially football traffic knows that they're gonna be impacted and they're gonna be able to deal with it. Next slide, please. I think Mark is gonna take over here and talk about some of our longer term closures for this year. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Um, so this is um, the first of, uh, and this one already closed in December. This is the 218 northbound to the, the 80 westbound loop. Um, and this is gonna be closed for the uh, entirety of the project or at least until the, the end of 23 with it when the new ramp is opened. And as Kathy mentioned, this is the big one that um, we've talked about uh, with, the, with the university as far as impacts during uh, game day traffic. Um, and then you can see it's, it's kind of tough to see on the map, but the green lines, um, the sign detour for this is, is up north to, uh, to uh, Forever Green. There's also showing kind of the option of, of using Coral Ridge as well. Um, so you can advance to the next one. And this, uh, this is, and we're calling this a, a long-term closure, but it's not as significant as maybe some of the other impacts. This is the, uh, the uh, eastbound on-ramp at Ireland Avenue. Um, so the impacts on this one are maybe a little more localized, but not as much in terms of traffic volume. And it'll, that ramp only gets a few hundred vehicles a day. Um, this one is slated to begin Sometime this summer, I think it slipped about a month or maybe it'll, it might be a month or two um, based on the contractor's uh, progress on the, the I-80 median work. So um, that one will be kind of late summer, early fall um, with the detour you can see up to up to six and using six uh, in Tiffin and, and Coralville with, uh, you know, a little bit additional traffic on Ireland as well. And you can move to the next one. And this is kind of the last, uh, you know, major closure. We're highlighting this uh, 80 westbound to 218 southbound. And like the first one, this one's gonna, once it closes, it's gonna be down kind of until uh, the majority of the new interchange is built. So this again, will have a a new ramp and so and it, again it's hard to see those green lines um, going off to the west um, but this this one can't begin until uh, the the Ireland closure is complete because um, it uses that uh, 80 eastbound on-ramp at Ireland as part of the detour or the, you know, at least the oh, official sign detour. So the contractor is looking at some options, I think on this one as well, trying to see if there's a way to, uh, you know, make any changes with that delay um, to the to the 80 median work, but we would anticipate this would be in the, in the fall as well, that this would close. And that's, yeah, you can move to the next slide. So obviously we have a lot of impacts to commuters. Um, we do a lot of outreach via social media. Um, we honestly haven't had a lot of people reach back to us and say, hey, I had an issue. Um, I'm talking about less than 10 a year. So we're considering it fairly successful that we're getting our messaging out there. 
Still pleased that the 380 Express bus is running. Uh, appreciate the support of ECOG, our RPA, um, in managing that contract for us. Um, still pushing ride share with your neighbors and coworkers whenever that can be accomplished. Um, of course, we didn't know COVID was coming and people were gonna start teleworking, but really that's been a bit of a silver lining for us as it's helped us with some traffic issues. Um, always consider telecommuting and we always push people to get the latest information at our 511ia.org. That will push uh, real-time travel alerts to your mobile device, to your computer at home, letting you make uh, your best decision whether you wanna travel or not. Next slide, please. Just a little more information about that 380 Express. Uh, we had about 46,000 total rides so far. Um, the daily ridership is around 156 people. The highest was in February, this is uh, from uh, this year, and then it, or from 2020, excuse me, and then it dropped off uh, kind of understandably in April to 100, but the numbers have been climbing back up. So we're, we're gonna continue to uh, push out messaging on that. Our uh, popular stops are at the Kirkwood Park and Ride and then at UIHC. 80% um, of those riders use the token transit. So that's a nice way to be able to just to use um, your smartphone to be able to bypass us and use that to make transfers um, to any of the other local bus systems. Next slide. As I mentioned, we have lots of different ways to keep informed and involved about the project. Um, we get a lot of uh, information out on our Facebook page. Um, we do have a hotline that people can call if they have questions or comments. Again, pushing our 511ia.org system. Next slide. I guess that's it. So with that, if there's any questions about 8380, we can take a pause now and take those. Okay, Mark, do you wanna start talking about uh, Herbert Hoover Highway? Yeah, I can. Um... So that so that project is is of course currently under construction. Um, started earlier this spring. Um, we just uh, got I think last week the uh, the westbound on ramp reopened after it was closed for a couple months. Um, the uh, and as far as what so the current work right now is is a lot of uh, grading for bridge berms and. And the uh, the what we call ramp A, the uh, the westbound off ramp. We've also got some, I think, longer hundred day settlement time periods for uh, some of the new embankments there. So it's it's going to be a lot of grading um, this into this fall with and and starting on bridge work with kind of fewer traffic impacts. So we'll we'll have some closures. Um, Next year, um, as, as that project moves into it's a two-year construction of the interchange project, um, we'll also have, um, I think this December, we have the letting for the mainline 80 widening work in that area, so and which will continue. So, so there'll be a lot going on in, in that area. Um, but in terms of traffic impacts, I think we've tried to space them out. And, and of course, we've also I had to work with the county and the city on some of the kind of combined projects that, that are you know going on with uh, Herbert Hoover Highway, um, as well as some of the stuff the city has on that uh, that side of town. So um, 
that project is is progressing and um, and should be on schedule as of now. So I think that's all I had on that one, Kathy, if you want to talk about First Avenue. Okay, I should mention uh, Mark Harley is our new area engineer. He's not really new, he's been here quite a while. Uh, he replaced Newman, so Rod Sullivan, you no longer can say hello Newman, you can say hello Mark, because here he is. So back to 81st Avenue, uh, the city of Coralville received a build grant, which was a great thing, accelerated our project there to uh, rebuild that interchange into a diverging diamond interchange. That traffic actually crosses in the middle. It's a design that's fairly new to Iowa, but not new to the country. Um, really great at handling left turning traffic, which we have a lot of at this location. So Coralville has been a great partner with us as we've uh, kind of scrambled. Uh, the DOT has taken over the contract as far as the design and will be administering the build contract then. Some of the challenges in the area are, I think people know we have the Magellan complex there. Um, we need to be very mindful of those pipelines crossing uh, not only First Avenue, but the interstate, how we're gonna protect those, how we're gonna improve this interchange so that those uh, tanker trucks that pull out don't have to block First Avenue anymore. They'll have uh, a better and improved access to First Avenue and subsequently the interstate system. Um, utilities in general are challenging in, the, in this area just because they're built out. Again, working very closely with Coralville um, to proceed through those issues. Um, obviously, we need to keep this traffic moving as we build the project. So a lot of work is going into how we're gonna stage the project, um, keeping both vehicular traffic and pedestrian and bicycle traffic since we have the, the modal um, building uh, right there at Iowa River Landing. The letting currently is planned for August of 2022. Um, right now thinking that will keep us on track for that letting. So happy to take any questions about First Avenue. Or anything DOT, we're here to help. Well, thank you so much for your time. Welcome. Mark, good to have you on board. We'll be a familiar face with us, I think, for a long time to come. All right. Yes. Thank you. Good. To, good to join. Good. Again, thank you for participating. I really appreciate that. Okay. Any other business by the group? If not, we'll call it a wrap for the night. And thank you for your time and participation. We are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night.